sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. In order to do something well, it helps to learn from those who excel at it. If we want to follow Jesus, learn from the one who followed him best, and that is his mother. And how was she able to follow him best? because of the grace of her immaculate conception. Welcome to Ignition, I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic of the immaculate conception, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition, at sfcatholic.org. I am joined in studio by my um, recent new regular. Semi-regular at least. Co-host. I don't know. <laughs> Poor Renee Chris. Kranz. Hi, Renee. <laughs> Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. So, Renee, when you think of the Immaculate Conception, what comes to your mind? Uh, it, Mary's conception uh, and the fact that she was conceived without sin. Thought original sin. So Mary's conception. Yes, Mary's conception. As opposed to Jesus's conception. Right. Because <laughs> that's something that we often like people we just kind of like you don't think about it too much. In fact, one time there is a <clears throat> former chance mm, former. There was a chancellor of the diocese who falls, uh, who inadvertently, you know, somebody, uh, somebody's birthday was on December 8th and they, you know, Oh, happy birthday. You share that you're something about made reference to Jesus's conception and the move of Mary. Like, Oh, oops. So that, that person heard. I'm going to make you tell me, me which chancellor this I was after we're done. I will let you know that, uh, after the fact, but I don't want to throw anybody uh, under the bus publicly uh, right now, publicly. Uh, yeah. So it, it's about. Mary's conception in the womb of her mother mm-hmm. was it miraculous? Uh, yeah, I would say so because it was immaculate. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it came. But it came about. It, it it so Mary's conception happened though in the normal way that human right. conception. So her mother and father came together and they bore a child. But when Mary was conceived, she was kept free from sin. And right. we're going to get into all that. But I think the reason um, why I started the show the way that I did, Brene, was was very deliberate. I think like when we think about all the truths of their faith, we can understand them better, which is important for its own sake. But I think some it's, it's good to ask the question, uh, and, and maybe not in the flip way I'm going to, but it's good to ask the question, so what? Yeah, Who that's cares? a good question. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. What does me understanding the Immaculate Conception matter? Right. Uh, and that's where the, the, the angle that I'm taking, proposing is, well, the Immaculate Conception allowed Mary to follow more Jesus. So allowed more Jesus. Mary to follow <laughs> Jesus more fully, mm-hmm. actually to follow him fully. Mm-hmm. And she is the model uh, for us because she is the perfect disciple. Right. So I think if we're going to be, again, missionary disciples mm-hmm. through God's love, as Bishop DeGroote is encouraging all of us in the Diocese of Sioux Falls to do, it helps to understand, to look to Mary as a role model and therefore to understand 
okay, how, how come she's perfect? Even though you and I were not immaculately conceived, there's mm-hmm. still something to be gained. Uh, there's still something to be gained by understanding more deeply her immaculate conception because it helps us to understand and and in some ways follow her example as a disciple. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think it also, I don't mean to, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I think it also helps us understand Jesus better too. Exactly. Yeah. So that is a perfect, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Perfect segue. <laughs> 487 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church reads, and I quote, What the Catholic faith believes about Mary is based on what it believes about Christ. Mm -hmm. And what it teaches about Mary illumines in turn its faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. So again, what the Catholic faith believes about Mary is based on what it believes about Jesus. And what it teaches about Mary illumines its faith in Jesus. So um, Mariology is the theology of Mary. Mm-hmm. Mariology is built on Christology. Right. Theology of Jesus is the foundation for the theology of Mary. But when we understand Mary more, when we understand, when, when we, uh, what is the, 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 well, yeah, when we understand what the church teaches about Mary more, it illumines our faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, so understanding Mary more help us to un- helps us to understand Jesus more. So that's another way to look at the yep. so what. Right. Um, the more we understand Mary, the more we're able to understand Jesus, and the more we understand so so what. So what? Well, we can enter more deeply into what we believe and and what we're hearing in Mass, and I mean, really, it it. Uh, adds more to the Eucharist, I think. So yep. there's a lot there. So the more we understand Jesus, the more we can follow, more easily and more fully, we can follow him. We can be missionary disciples. The more we can be missionary <laughs> disciples, right? You can't, you can't, you can't follow, let alone love somebody that you don't understand. Right. You, well, you could, but that'd be weird. Well, you, you can follow, you can't, but you can't really love. No. Right? Why right. not? You can't, well... You can't love what you don't know. So you, if you, well, let's take my husband, for example. Right. Oh, he's going to get mad at me. That's all right. <laughs> As you get to know your spouse, you love them more, or you at least choose to love them more in spite of things and because of things. Right. right. So Jesus doesn't have any in spite of, no, thank that's goodness. Right. He does not. But yeah, you as you get to know more, you find there's more reasons to be attracted to that person, to be uh, want to be around them all the time and spend time with them. Yep. Same exactly. with Jesus. Same with Jesus. So yep. if we want to love him fully, we ha- we we have to come to know him more fully, mm-hmm. understand him more fully. And again, the church tells us that one way to illumine our faith in Jesus is by understanding what the church teaches about Mary. Why do you think that is? Would you have a guess? Uh, <laughs> I no. no. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and Bill is not my lifeline no. today. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I don't think Bill's going to help you on this one. Right, Bill? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see here as we we dive into the topic of the Mecca conception the way that when we understand Mary for Mary Mary more it illuminates our faith in Jesus. Okay. So going back to the Immaculate Conception, um, when do we celebrate it? December eighth. Right. I know that because my husband's aunt's birthday is on December eighth. My brother's sister's first cousin's former roommate. Yes, I know. Well, but we always go to church with her and then take her out for her birthday. Oh, nice. So okay. we yeah, it's. Easy to remember. Okay. So December 8th is when we celebrate it. So um, 
not only uh, so this is an important it's a solemnity it's a holy mm-hmm. of obligation but for us as Americans it's particularly important because did you know Renee that that uh, Mary under the title of Mary conceived without sin Mary the Immaculate Conception is the patroness for the United States I did not know that yeah so so this is our patronal feast ah uh, not patronus that's so like else. all Americans should be there. Well, yes, that's true. All Americans, yeah. Actually, there's more truth in that than than you realize. Um, but certainly, we as Catholics are the ones who topic realize for another this. day, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this is so. This is the we we particularly turn to Mary conceived without sin as our as our patroness as Americans, mm-hmm. as citizens of the United States of America. So this is why just a little liturgical uh, minutia. Um, Okay, so if Halloween falls, no, no, no. If All Saints Day falls on on um, a Saturday or a Monday, we do not the the oblig- obligation to attend Mass, which is normally there, is is waived. Right, right. We do not need to. Did this you year, that? yeah, this year it was waived because it, it was, was on no, Sunday. It, it was a Sunday. Yes. Well, we attended Mass on waived. Sunday. Yes, it just yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, but next year, when it falls on a Monday. We will not have to. We certainly are free to, um, but we won't have to attend Mass because right. the church gives us, listen, we know we're going to Mass for Sunday. Yeah. Um, it also makes it a little bit easier for the priests. Um, mm-hmm. So that obligation, but when December 8th falls on a Saturday or Monday, the obligation is not waived right. because it's our patronal feast. Oh, that's why. That's okay. why. I always wondered why, why yep. that was. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's specifically because it's our paternal feast. Okay. So, um, uh, and, and as you're listening to this, folks, if you're listening to this as, as it's airing, um, it's December 7th, which means that, well, tonight you could go to mass, but tomorrow is, is the solemnity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the, what this title refers to the fact, uh, as, as we said, or it doesn't refer, it refer, you can do it. It doesn't refer to uh, Jesus's conception and the womb of Mary. It refers to Mary's natural but still miraculous mm-hmm. conception in the womb of her mother. Um, again, and and by tradition, she is called Saint Anne. And uh, you're gonna make me try. Why do you always give me the words that are hard to say? Do you have it, Joachim? Would Joachim. be the way I would Joachim. say Joachim. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was very close. So Mary's biological father, traditionally called Joachim, um, Mary's conception was miraculous because she was conceived without any sin at all, including the stain of original sin, mm-hmm. which you and I are conceived in. So immaculate means. Do you know what immaculate means? Uh, I just put it in the bulletin, and I don't remember without now. Mark. Thank you. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm the audience, remember? Yeah, I, I forget know, things. I know, right? Immaculate, immaculate. Uh, so, macu- immaculate, marked. Okay. Um, with immaculate, without mark. So, it points to the fact that Mary was conceived without any mark or stain of sin on her soul. Um, so, this means that from the first moment of her existence in the womb of her mother, Mary was, was Mary was without sin and everything that comes for its consequences, its its defects. Why? But why did that happen? Why, why did God, do you think, got to play the audience here. Why did God do that? Like, why did Mary as have to be without sin? What's the point? What's the purpose? What's the point of creating Mary without sin from the first moment of her existence? Because we don't want to have Jesus come into a dirty vessel. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's in view Jesus, of yes. her motherhood yes. of Jesus. Yes. That's the I said the colloquial, you did, colloquial. You did. You, clo- yeah, we're, <laughs> Thank words you. are hard. <laughs> that way. Um, <laughs> words are hard. The, the reason for Mary's immaculate conception is so that she might be a fitting, worthy mm-hmm. vessel, if yep. you will. A pure mother, vessel, yeah. Of the Son of God, mm-hmm. so that so that so that as as the Word becomes flesh, He might enter into the world from within the world within a pure, spotless vessel. Mm-hmm. Would He have to? No. Objective, like like in an he absolute would. sense, no, no, no. But it's fitting that He do so. Yeah. What? What? I mean, we we saw last week, and we were talking about Advent, how um, the immensity of the incarnation led God to prepare for it, not over minutes or mm-hmm. hours or even days or weeks or months, but centuries. Mm-hmm. So if, if God's going to take the time to spend centuries preparing for the incarnation, it, it's, it's again, fitting. It makes sense that he would also take the time to create a pure vessel, if you will, right. an immaculate mother for his son to come into the world mm-hmm. as. If you're just tuning in, you listen to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and across from the table to me is Renee Kranz. Hi, Renee. <laughs> uh, and we're talking today about the Immaculate Conception and its importance. So, so Mary was conceived without sin, so that she might be um, a pure, immaculate, spotless mother mm-hmm. of the Son of God. And I, I think when you, but, but again, why does this have to happen? This is where. Um, the the liturgy of the church, I think, is again helpful. Mm-hmm. So, do you? So, the, the solemnity. Do you know this is? I'm so mean to you. You are. Do you know the first reading every year? The first reading is always the same for the solemnity of of the Immaculate Conception. If I had my phone here, I'd do a little check in, but yeah, but you don't. No, I don't. Genesis three. Nine through fifteen and twenty. See, as soon as you say it, then I know. So, what, hap- what do we read about in Genesis three nine through fifteen and twenty? Uh, this is uh, where the fall, I believe, isn't it's, it? It's actually right after the fall. Is it okay? So, after the man Adam had eaten of the tree, the Lord God called to the man and answered him, "Where are you?" We could talk a lot about that. He answered, "I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself." Then he asked, "Who told you that you were naked? You have eaten then from the tree of which I have forbid you to eat." And Adam, being such a good husband, she, she did it. <laughs> she made me do it. The man replied, "The woman whom you put here with me, she gave me from the tree, and so I ate it because I'm just man. a helpless man." <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, the Lord God then asked the woman, "Why did you do such a thing?" The woman. The serpent tricked me. The woman answered, the serpent tricked me Mm -hmm. into it, so I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, this is what's called, Genesis 3.15, the Mm proto-evangelium. Ever heard that phrase? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what it means? Uh, It's the prototype to uh, Mary. What's evangelium mean? (sighs) Gospel. Okay. Proto. The oh, first okay, sure. gospel. This is, in a sense, an anticipation of the good news mm-hmm. way back in the very first pages of the Bible. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you shall be banned from all the animals and from all the wild creatures. On your belly shall you crawl and dirt shall you eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head while you strike at his heel. So especially the verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. What's enmity? 
strife. Strife, right? Um, so, so complete opposition. Right. So there will be complete opposition between you, serpent, just Satan, mm-hmm. and the woman. But what woman? Complete opposition. There's not complete opposition between Eve and the serpent <laughs> no. because she just fell for his, his his temptation. Yep. She just succumbed. There's not complete. So 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 the 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 early church reading Genesis in light of the incarnation saw already in here an anticipation, a first gospel, a first announcement of the ultimate salvation, which was to come in Jesus. He will strike at your head. Will you strike at his heel? But through anticipated also through his mother who has complete enmity. So she has to be sinless. Sinless. In order for Mary to and and to have complete enmity with regard to Satan, she has to have nothing to do with him. And therefore she has to be sinless. Now that's not like a strictly logical, like that's not a mathematical proof, but it is an argument again from fittingness, Mm -hmm. where you already see that there's there's reference in in the uh the very first book of the Bible to the fact that it seems that the mother of of the offspring that will conquer Satan must be completely without sin. Right. I also want to back up here because the opening prayer at, at the Mass for the Immaculate Conception uh, has similar uh, words about why the Immaculate Conception happened. O God, who by the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin prepared a worthy dwelling for your Son, grant, we pray, that as you preserved her from every stain by virtue of the death of your Son, which you foresaw, so through her intercession we too may be cleansed and admitted to your presence. Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Again, O God, who by the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary prepared a worthy dwelling for your Son. It's all about creating a worthy dwelling Mm -hmm. for Jesus. Okay? So, um, opening prayer refers to Mary's motherhood. Uh, First reading, hence... I'd say strongly hints at her being conceived without sin. But then also, if you fast way forward to Luke chapter 1 to the Annunciation, what does Gabriel say to Mary? He says, hail, full of grace. How do you know that so quickly? (laughs) Because I pay attention in Mass. I've told you this before. And maybe you've said this. Maybe they're part of a prayer that we say as Catholics. Maybe. The Hail Mary. Hail. So when... when, 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 um, Gabriel, after he's appeared to Zechariah and foretold the birth of John the Baptist, then he later, six months later, mm-hmm. appears to Mary and announce well and 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 announces that God desires that she be the birth of His Son, the birth of the Messiah, and he says to her. Um, it's actually um, rejoice, hail, or rejoice. Mm-hmm. Full of grace. The Greek word there for full of grace is kekaretomene. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> kekaretomene. I won't ask <laughs> Thank you, you to say it once, let alone five times fast. Kekaretomene, which is, it, it, it's a particular, the, the, the grammatical structure of the word, we translate full of grace, but it's more like you who have been fully graced. I, pa- okay. I think past participle, but right. English teachers might correct yeah. me. Or you, I don't know. I, I We don't remember that okay. stuff anymore. Right. We just write. So you... <laughs> I don't need to do you, parts of speech. All right. Fair enough. So you who have been fully graced, mm-hmm. 
Gabriel's greeting implies that Mary has already been fully graced in the past. And to be fully graced, again, also bears with an implication that she is without sin. Mm-hmm. So it, it, and, and, and he never says her name. That's right. He doesn't, does he? No. He doesn't say hail Mary as you and I do. Right. We say hail Mary full of grace. He says, hail you who have been highly graced or hail you who have been fully graced. Mm-hmm. Full of grace, Kikaritomene, in a sense becomes Mary's Her name. name. Ah. And, and hmm. in scripture, your name oftentimes reflects who you are and what you are to do. Mm-hmm. So Mary's identity, her identity is the one who has been fully graced. Okay. Her identity is the one who is to bring grace with a capital G into the world that is her son, mm-hmm. the word incarnate, who is who is literally grace. Right. The life of God, the son of God. Okay. So in Luke we fi- actually find um, in a subtle way, also a reference to the fact that Mary was conceived without sin. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Questions about what we learn from the mass, the opening prayer, Genesis, or the gospel? Mm, I don't Nothing. think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the church basically um, came to understand and real, realize all of this in 1854 when Pope Pius mm-hmm. IX defined that Mary was conceived without sin because prior to that, there was never any teaching that Mary was conceived without sin. Right. Um, wrong. <laughs> Cause the Mary- church, the church made it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, good. You're, you're, I'm, I'm with you. You're with me. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's, I think sometime, well, 1854, um, either Catholics or some other, other, other people sort of who pay attention be like, does that mean, or are you saying that, no. It was invented in 1854. No, it was defined in authoritatively as a dogma, defined infallibly in 1854. But if you go back all the way, there are all sorts of indications in the early church of believing that Mary was conceived right. without sin. So that's yeah. just what I address it here in the, the the five or so minutes we have left. A few of the the confusions about the Immaculate Conception. We already touched on a couple at the beginning of the show, the idea that she was conceived, uh, that it was about Jesus' conception right. or that Mary was conceived in a completely miraculous, virginal way, which is not the right. case. But also the doctrine was not invented in 1854. Mm-hmm. It was formally infallibly defined in 1854, but it was always believed. Uh, the other thing sometimes that you'll see uh, or hear so so if Mary was conceived without sin, then she didn't need a savior. Oh, but she, no, she was saved ahead of time. Say more about let, that. Let me just, uh, yeah, we've, I've heard this a lot. And her, her saving was done before she was born. And you can do that anytime. The, well, God can do it whenever he wants. Um, should I, how much time do we have? No, we, we have, we have. Uh, five minutes. Okay. So if you are, this is in the bulletin. So you can, if you need this, you can the get Bishop's this bulletin for December. Yes. For yes. December. So if you are, uh, if you fall into a pit and it's muddy and you get muddy and someone pulls you out, yep. you have stains of mud or sin on you. Mary's walking by the pit and she starts to fall, but someone grabs her before she falls in. She is rescued beforehand, so she never gets the stain of sin on her. Yes. So that's she's saved ahead of time 
but she's still saved. She needs that savior. Exactly. So, so the, the Jesus is saved and, and we see, okay. The idea that Jesus's salvation can be applied retroactively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, we see that also very clearly in scripture because people who died before him mm. are saved. Right. We read about how after his death, he entered into Sheol and saved the souls. Well, they'd already died. Mm-hmm. How can they be saved by a future event? Well, because the the cross occurs in time, but because Jesus is God, it's also outside of time. Right. So God, the graces of Calvary and the resurrection are certainly applied to those who come after, but the, because it's outside of time, it can also be applied to those who came before. Right. Like Moses, Elijah. Exactly, yeah. David. All those yeah. those Old Testament saints, yep. John the Baptist, yep. who we talked about right. last week, his parents, um, the parents of of, of Mary, Mary herself. Mm-hmm. So they can all be. And, and again, we we see this anticipated in the opening prayer for the solemnity. Um, grant we pray that as you preserved her, preservative grace is what's often called. As you preserved her from every stain by virtue of the death of of your son which you foresaw. So mm-hmm. it's addressed to God the Father. You, Father, preserved Mary from every every stain by virtue of the death of your son which you foresaw. So it's by anticipating the death of Jesus that Mary that that that, that he is her savior. Mm-hmm. God applied the graces of of Jesus' redemption backward in time in history so that she could go back to the future. <laughs> I just in her DeLorean. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's one well, so what is it does so Mary doesn't need a savior. No, she did need a mm-hmm. savior, but Jesus, unlike you and I, he saved her before she fell into the pit. Right. He preserved her from falling into the pit at all. So the so the grace of the conception is is literally the one of the best examples of how grace is given despite us. Mm-hmm. Mary didn't do anything to deserve to earn yeah, that's very the true. grace of yeah. the Immaculate Conception. Literally, it was given to her at the first moment of her existence in the womb of her mother. Mm-hmm. She couldn't have done anything to earn it. It was right. given to... She's, she's like single I like self. that. I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. So, so you and I receive grace freely, but we receive it after our conception. So we we still have the mark of original sin um, and all of its effects, our desire to sin and concupiscence and so on. But Mary was was prepared, sorry, Mary was prevented from the fall mm-hmm. by the grace that her one son won on the cross. Right. Um, so we've just got about a minute left. Any final thoughts that you have as we think about the Immaculate Conception? Well, I, there's so many things, that, other things we could say. I mean, I, if I if I say one, we're going to go down another road. So, okay. No. <laughs> okay. Mary's awesome. How Mary's about that? <laughs> awesome. There we go. That, that great summary. So, uh, if you're interested, if you want to dive in more, you can go check out the archives of Ignition sfcatholic.org/ignition. Um, way going way back, episode thirty four. Oh, um, this is episode four thirty four. So four hundred episodes ago. <laughs> how about that? I didn't realize it's that. Already. Awesome. Four hundred episodes ago. Um, you can uh, learn more about the Immaculate Conception. A little more recently, episode two ninety one. One, um, Monsignor Charles Mangan mm-hmm. um, is a priest of our diocese. He's actually got a little catechism on the Immaculate Conception that mm-hmm. you could probably get a hold of if you visited with him. So again, as we wrap up, as you as we prepare to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let's celebrate His grace, which was given in a particular way to His mother and to our mother as well, and let's seek her intercession. Mary conceived without sin, pray, patroness of the United States. 
pray for us. And as we do so, when we understand the Immaculate Conception, we will discover the care which our Father takes in accomplishing his plan and his profound concern for our own salvation. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.